This is Soccer Weekly. I am David at home, ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Another jam-packed show for this week. What's on tap here on Soccer Weekly is brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Co- Pocock Brewing Company. Pocock Brewing Company. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company. Embrace life. Drink good beer. And we've got a lot to get to. One of the most amazing goals from one of the most amazing players that you would have ever witnessed earlier on the, in this uh, MLS season just a few days ago. And it was a dynamic and historic goal for the great Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Of course, LAFC, they continue on their schedule after a pretty tough game over the weekend against New England Revolution. they got to turn the page on that one and go right back at it at home coming up on Saturday. Don't forget, a big game with the San Jose Earthquakes. If it's anything like the first one, you will not want to miss it. Remember the uh, game where the black and gold went up to Avaya Stadium? They were trailing late, get two late goals, one of them on virtually the last kick of the game. I think it was like something like the 96th or 7th minute, if I remember correctly. And João Moutinho scored to give LAFC the big 4-3 win. So the Earthquakes, who are dreadful, but they're not afraid to score and give up goals either. So it should be an interesting matchup on Saturday, but it's one that at home LAFC have to get the full three points. And you're not going to want to miss that one at Bank of California Stadium. 12.30 kickoff. We'll have it right here for the 12 o'clock pregame on ESPN LA 710. If you need tickets or want to go go to LAFC.com, Check them out. It is a good opportunity to go see Bank of California Stadium, too, if you haven't yet done that. We will be breaking down that a little bit further in the black and gold breakdown. Plus, we've got uh, more on the uh, European football that's begun in terms of the Champions League and some of the matches that are going on. We'll definitely be talking more about that. And as always, stoppage time. So still plenty on tap. But we have to begin with the 500th goal in the great Zlatan Ibrahimovic's career, and this one he scores for LA Galaxy in a loss to Toronto. But realistically, yeah, they lost 5-3. It was a mess. They were down 3-0. They came back to tie it, did the Galaxy at 3-3. And then they lose 5-3 as Toronto, who's also really on the verge of extinction in terms of playoff race, desperately needed that game. They go get it. Galaxy still six points behind Portland for the last playoff spot without that game in hand. In fact, Portland and Seattle both have a game, Seattle two, in hand against the Galaxy. It does not look good. Remember I told you the Galaxy are not making the postseason. It's done. And this game really pretty much put the cement over top of the coffin top there for LA Galaxy's playoff hopes. Long live the LA Galaxy playoff hopes. The LA Galaxy playoff hopes are dead. Dead in the water. But you cannot take anything away from how great Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been and what he did on that 500th goal. If you haven't seen it, look, it's radio here, and I do play-by-play, but to describe it would only do it injustice. It was somewhere along the lines of Bruce Lee scoring a goal in a movie, right? Some fake movie. They have some karate expert out there who somehow does some flying scissor kick kind of thing to score a goal against a great team and win the game in the last seconds and everybody comes out and cheer. It was akin to that. That's how spectacular the goal was. Now, you've all probably seen it by now, but what I want to do is talk about it further than just 
an amazing goal, of course. It was one of the most thrilling goals I've ever seen. Yeah, and you know I'm right, because you probably felt the same way when you saw it. I'm not breaking ground here. It was truly spectacular. What does Latan Ibrahimovic bring to MLS, you ask? How about Paul Pogba talking about that goal? How about players all over the world seeing it and talking about that goal? Because he's Latan. Right? Twitter was a flurry. You can follow me on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. At TalkSoccer. I mean, think about it. The world goes nuts for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And it's just that is just a fact. To score a career goal like that is just so Zlatan, isn't it? I mean, even when you saw it, you were probably like, yeah, that is ridiculous. I couldn't believe it when I was witnessing it, as I actually viewed it live. And then you're like, I still don't believe it six, seven days later. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it was. But it just brings eyeballs and social media hits and follows to MLS and to the Galaxy and it's why he was a brilliant signing for the league and for LA Galaxy. No matter what you thought of him, everybody has to say that now. People had their doubts. This dude can play on any pitch in the world right now at the age of 36. He's about to be 37 in a few weeks. Doesn't matter. He can play anywhere. Yeah, you heard me right. You absolutely heard me right. And I mean anywhere. He still is unreal. 17 goals now in 19 starts, 22 appearances, 8 assists. It's ridiculous. Let's have a listen to the call of the goal, the 500th goal in this great player's career. Here's Dos Santos. Lifts it into the area. Ibra scores! That is number 500 for Slatan Ibrahimovic. Well said, Joe Tutino, the LA Galaxy call on Spectrum Sportsnet, and you heard Kobe Jones there laughing about it afterwards, just out of shock. And who? I think Kobe had the exact, really, uh, I guess, reaction that we all did. Just you got to laugh because it was so incredible, and it, it just just tells you the power of Zlatan Ibrahimovic around the league, around the world. So let's not poo-poo these Wayne Rooney signings and Zlatan Ibrahimovic signings too soon. Yes, I understand there have been some misses on these kind of signings. LA Galaxy, Steven Gerrard, miss. Lothar Mateus, back in the day with the Metro Stars, big miss. But most of them have succeeded and then some to help grow this league and grow this game here in America. Stop being negative about it, it has worked out amazingly. Now, that being said, dude's not going to the playoffs. That hasn't worked out. And you know, Siggy Schmidt decides to resign. It, nothing changed with Dom Kinnear coming in because when your defense gives up five goals, it doesn't really matter if you got Unai Emery, Dom Kinnear, or me coaching them. If you're leaking goals like that, it's not going to be easy to pick up victories. But just to see, I mean, if you think about it, Zlatan has made the Galaxy season bearable on some level. No, not good. 
If you're a Galaxy fan, you're, you're, you're upset. I know you're not happy about not going to the playoffs. That's really what matters. At least he's made it watchable. But the Galaxy's woes continue defensively. 59 goals allowed. Second worst in MLS, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I think Orlando is the only the worst team in terms of defensively. Just dreadful. And you're not going to the postseason giving up that many goals. You're barely above 500 at home. You're below 500 on the season. It's over. But, man, at least enjoy the Zlatan ride. Just ridiculous what that dude can do. Hey, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. Continue conversations as we do at Talk Soccer. Don't forget, follow us on uh, Twitter at Talk Soccer. Also on Instagram. I've got a little contest going on, and I'm going to pick a winner tomorrow for a pair of tickets to LAFC against San Jose Earthquakes coming up on Saturday. So if you haven't been to Bank of California Stadium to see the black and gold and you really want to see them, go to my Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm, Dave underscore Denholm, spelled like my name, and you can uh, follow me and put a comment on that particular. There's a post there with a picture talking about the contest. Follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm, and then post on that particular post with some words, whatever, vamos, black and gold, say thank you, say hey, how you doing, say I hate you, Denholm, but I want to win the contest anyway, whatever you want to say, it's fine, but you have to post a comment, you will be entered into a random drawing that I'm going to be having tomorrow, Thursday, and if you're just hearing this on the on the uh, podcast, which you can find at iTunes or at the ESPN Pod Center, and you listen every week that way, I will be drawing on Thursday evening at some point, so you still may have time to go do that. Go to uh, my Instagram page, Dave underscore Denholm, sign up and uh, have a comment on that particular post, and you can be entered in that random drawing. Already had a winner on one of my Twitter Twitter drawings that I did uh, earlier on Wednesday, earlier on the day, and I want to throw that out to the winner just because as of right now, I haven't quite heard from him. Uh, may get to that later, but as of right now, I haven't heard back from at a Campos 1981 at a Campos 1981 was the winner of a random drawing earlier on Twitter for the, for two tickets to that San Jose game. I need to hear back from him. If you know him or if you're listening, I know he's a listener of the show has the, uh, has the handle of Lakers three, three, one Oh Lakers three, one Oh at a Campos 1981. Congratulations to him all courtesy of LAFC, and I appreciate them letting me do this kind of thing to help the show and also give out some tickets to help some people who have maybe not been to Bank of California Stadium yet or just someone who wants to go to that game. Should be a doozy against... Did I just say doozy? Did I just say do? It should be a doozy? What am I doing? A sports radio talk show in 1957? Should be a doozy. Come on down and catch this cracking game. Although I like that phrase. At least that's a soccer phrase. Should be a doozy. Yellow card, Dave, on that one. Yellow card. Yeah, give me a yellow card on that. That might be a straight red almost. If I didn't have to finish the show, I mean, if we don't still have almost an hour, you know, 45 minutes to go, essentially, plus I might have to give myself a straight red for that mess. Doozy. Oh, that is a doozy. Unbelievable. It's going to be a good game. Let's just say that coming up on Saturday at Bank of California Stadium. We still got plenty more to get to for this show. Still to come, Tom Marshall from ESPN FC is going to be joining us talking all things, uh, El Tree and Liga Emekis and all of that good stuff. That's coming up. We've got a giveaway here on this show coming up. 
If you're listening right now, as we do this show live, we have got a giveaway coming up. Now, if you're listening uh, later on the podcast, sorry, you're out of luck for this one. It is a very cool giveaway. Two people are going to win. That's coming up later in the show as well. We'll have more details still to come. I am Dave Denholm. You are listening to Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. You know it and you love it. ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I'm Dave Denholm. Welcome back. And we are hanging out with you this hour each and every week here on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Hit us up on Twitter at TalkSoccer. And you can also follow this uh, gentleman at Mexico World Cup, which is perfect, I think. He is uh, the great Tom Marshall. We love him here at ESPN LA and the Soccer Weekly Show. He covers the Mexican national team and Liga Mackies for ESPN FC. Tom, pleasure to talk to you, buddy. Thanks for taking the time, man. No, thanks a lot, Dave, for the invitation. Yeah, always a pleasure. Tom, let's dive right into to, uh, Liga Mackies here. And the, and the season about halfway through here as uh, we're rolling on. And, you know, first of all, Jorge, our buddy here at ESPN LA, is loving that Cruz Azul is at the top. But a, a team that I want to ask about is my Toluca here. And, you know, I talked to him a lot, a lot about Toluca over the years and just how much I, lo- I love that. I think it's a classy organization. They're currently sitting fifth after the nine games midway through. What are your thoughts on this team going forward, Tom? Are they a threat here again for this yeah, for sure. I mean, the finalists last time out, so um, definitely they're one of the you know the, the the top four or five teams I think challenging for the title. And to be honest, they could be higher, but you know, for me, still the key player for for Toluca is Ruben Sambuesa. Yeah. Um, and you know he might be thirty four years old, but I, I still think he's one of the best players in Mexico. I mean, if you look at the stats on you know chances created, assists, he, he really makes the team tick. And he's actually been injured. So I'm not sure. I think it's three or four games that he's missed through injury. So I think, you know, now he's back. Um, they won last weekend. Um, and, and I think if you get Sambuesa playing well and informed, then I think Toluca have got, you know, have got a really great chance. Also, there's a kid there, Alexis Vega, um, plays up front or on the wing. Um, he, he's a talented young player. And I think he's got, he's got a future with the, with the Mexican national team as well. Yeah, I'm a fan of Barasa as well. I like what he brings to the yeah. team for sure. This is definitely a team that can score. Now, as we look at uh, the rest of uh, the Liga, certainly, you know, Cruz Azul is having a magnific- magnificent uh, season here. P- Pumas is tough. Club America, though, for me, Tom, still probably the most dangerous team by my estimate. I really think they're going to, they, they've got the best shot to win. I know the playoffs are a bit of a, you know, flip a coin sometimes, but I think Club America is really the team to beat. Do you, do you assess it that way or are you seeing something else? I I think that Tigres are still the team to beat. I mean, I know they're down in seventh place, but you know, just the strength in depth that Tigres are, Tigres have. Just you know, I honestly think what we're seeing, David, at the minute, this is like a dynasty, um, a dynasty. It's it's kind of you know, this decade has been Tigres' decade, and okay, they've had a bit of a slow start, seventh position right now, but it just it's almost like a click of the fingers, and Tigres can just wake up, and they can be the most dangerous team in Mexico. And I think player for player, if you look down the squad, they're the, they're the best team. The only thing I would say right now is there's a bit of uncertainty about what's going on at the club because of Ricardo Duca Ferretti. Um, you know, it still looks like he's the number one choice for the Mexico national team's job. Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit up in the air what his future is going to be. And I think that's kind of unsettling a little bit the club because, you know, what, was, what we've seen with Ferretti at Tigres, you, you never really see in the Mexican game. 
you know, he's been there since 2010. And for, for a head coach to be at a club for eight years in Mexico is, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. So um, I think I think Tigre is right up there. I think Monterrey as well, still, you know, up there. And, and then I'd put America number three in me. I think America's the third best team. Um, you know, Oribe Peralta, 34 years old. At some point, they're going to have to think about replacing him. Um, but like you said, America, you know, strong challenges for the title. And, and Cruz Azul as well. I mean, so far that's been the story of the season. You know, they went eight games unbeaten. It seems like the, the mentality is really, really strong now at Cruz Azul. Mm-hmm. Pedro Caixinha has done a great job. Um, and more of a counter-attacking team. So, you know, I think moving forward to the playoffs, it's, I think it's going to be a really exciting one, to be honest. Well, if you're a fan of uh, Liga Mekis, you obviously already probably follow him on Twitter at Mexico World Cup. Tom Marshall from ESPN FC joining us here on Soccer Weekly. Tom, as I take a look at you know the bottom of the table, it's not really about that, but it brought up something in my mind that maybe for people who don't follow Liga Mekis that closely, what's going on now? What's the latest in terms of this? The possibility of not having relegation and promotion anymore with the Liga Emekis. Is that really realistic for the future? Well, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a complicated issue. I think the league authorities themselves are kind of, they've sent out mixed messages. Mm-hmm. The bottom line right now is that there is, there is relegation. So in theory, there is relegation. The team that finishes bottom in the, in the kind of points per games ratio goes down. This is the this is kind of the key though, um, the caveat is that the, the team that gets promoted has to earn a certificate to show that it's good enough quality, not in terms of on the field but off the field, um, to 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 go up into Liga MX. So what I mean by that is the stadium has to be in good shape, yeah. the financial background of the team, the Liga MX has to make sure that the the funds are from a, a, a decent place, um, and and then if that team that gets promoted does have that certificate, then there's relegation and promotion. I mean, <laughs> it's a complicated one to, ex- to explain, but if the team that gets relegated um, and, and the team that wins promotion doesn't have that certificate, then the relegated team has to pay, if they want to stay in the league, they have to pay, um, uh, you know, they have to pay to stay in the league. So it's a complicated one. I don't like it. I mean, I just think it's so complicated. Um, it's difficult to explain to people and it's just, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but it's interesting that it's almost like they're taking the idea of MLS and kind of, you know, they're not hand-picking the markets like MLS, but they are very much, they're very, very aware that they don't want to let teams in the league that, that are going to kind of bring yeah. the quality down in a way. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's very interesting for anybody who is maybe on the periphery of following Liga Mekis. We all know about the great, uh, you know, Club America and, of course, Santos and all the big clubs, but then there's just that interesting uh, fight in terms of relegation, which is even in the same system that other people use. It's kind of fascinating, really. Let's take a look at El Tri yeah. and, uh, more importantly, Chucky uh, there, uh, Mr. Luzano, this, you know, swirling about about Barcelona. Bottom line is, Tom, is that a good fit? Does, does, does he work there if, uh, if that is indeed how it goes for Lozano? I, think, I, don't, think he's, I don't think he's ready right now. Yeah. I think we saw. We saw on Tuesday the you know PSV going up against Barcelona, and to be honest, you know, I thought Lozano was probably PSV's best player. He was dangerous, and he looked like if anybody was going to do something for PSV, it was going to be Lozano. <laughs> but Barcelona is a, it's a, just a different beast. I mean, the quality of some of the goals they were scoring was it, it was just it's breathtaking to watch them sometimes. And and I think that that Lozano, 
he has to be very, very careful about this next move. I mean, for me, it's clear that by, by next summer, he's going to have outgrown the Dutch first division. He's going to be ready for, for the next step. But I'm not sure if Barcelona's the right club. I mean, if you look at Dembele on one wing, and you think, you know, that, that's really difficult um, competition for, for, for his spot there. So I don't know. But I, I'd, I'd love to see Lozano in, in a big club. Obviously, you've got to think long and hard about, about what the right fit is. I mean, I think his, his style's more counter-attacking as well. But I think a club that not, don't necessarily play that completely dominant possession game like Barcelona do might actually suit him a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, I mean... I think the one thing we can be certain of is that, you know, the bigger European clubs are going to be looking, you know, really long and hard at, at Lozano. And, you know, I'm pretty sure in, within the next 12 months he's, he's not going to be a PSV. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. If you like Mexican football, El Tri, or Liga Emeki, you're going to have to go look long and hard at his Twitter feed and follow him at Mexico World Cup and check out his work at ESPN FC. As always, Tom Marshall, great stuff. Thanks so much for taking the time, Tom. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Much appreciated. You bet. Tom Marshall, ESPN FC. All things El Tree and Liga Mackeys, and we really appreciate that. I'm excited about Toluca. That's my team. Of course, I like Pachuca as well. They're middling right now. They just can't seem to get going. They're playing decent. I mean, they've had a couple of games that I thought were maybe turned the corner, you know, and then just eh, big win against Chivas recently to start the month. Had a nice win against Puebla earlier and, uh, you know, beating Lobos. I mean, everybody beats Lobos, Bwop, but, you know, I mean, they've had some big wins, but just not really getting going. If you're Pachuca, you got to turn it on now, though. There's only eight games left in the season before the uh, playoffs. So got to get it going. Hey, thanks to Tom. We've got a big giveaway coming up. You'll want to stay tuned for that. That is next. Plus, we'll talk a little bit more about the Champions League later on as well. So much more still to get to. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Dethelm, and you are listening to ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Love the folks there. Get your new 2018 to Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. The good friends there have been fans of the show and friends of the show for a while. We appreciate their support. And the... the Show rolls on, as always. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at TalkSoccer. We've got so much more still to get to here in the second half, and you got to love that, including a giveaway. Stay tuned. It's coming up in just minutes. You are going to love this giveaway. I re- I'm, not, I'm not overselling it. I know Mario's back there. He knows. I'm not overselling this one. I promise you, you're going to want to be involved in this, and it's coming up very, very shortly. So uh, just uh, stay tuned for that. But first... It is time for the Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. Black and Gold Breakdown, and we want to take a look at the LAFC game against New England Revolution. Of course, they've got one coming up on Saturday against San Diego, or San Jose, San Diego, San Jose Earthquakes at the Bank of California Stadium. Previous game was New England Revolution at the bank. And, look, it was a really interesting game as it turned out. All right? Now, of course, I have to watch these games and call these games with a little more of an acute eye, I guess, on what's actually going on on the pitch. Sometimes you even miss a little bit when you're calling a game like that. But the things I noticed out of this game were just how how much New England imposed their will on LAFC at the bank. Not a lot of teams have done that, as you know. Only San, or only Sporting Kansas City has managed to come away with a victory there. 
Some teams have gotten some draws, but LAFC with just one loss at home. New England Revolution came out with a plan and stuck to it, and stuck to it very, very well. And yet, and that's the key, and yet LAFC should have gotten a victory again. Another game where they lost a lead late. Now here's how they got that lead in the first place. 45 yards from goal for Gundes. Dropping it back, Caldwell going to try to send it wide. Cut off there by Carlos Vela. Gets around Caldwell, making the diving tackle. Through the center of the park to Rossi. Running forward is LAFC. Rossi in the middle of the field. Out wide. Open is Betashore. Back to Rossi. Rossi shot deflected. Off to Vela. Vela trying to cut it back. On now to Rossi. Sends it to the range of the shot. Deflected it in. Goal! LAFC have broken through. It's 1-0. Finally, says Marco Arrena. He's on the board, and he is so happy in the corner in front of the 32-52. Man, that dude's exciting. Well, anyway, it was a goal here uh, from Marco Arrena, his first of the season. You heard it right here on ESPN LA. And, look, a couple of key factors. Arrena breaks through, right? He had scored in the Open Cup, had not found the back of the net in MLS action this season. And that had to be so frustrating for him. You could tell he was just relieved. Not only to grab the 1-0 lead in the game, but more importantly, just to get that monkey off his back. That 5,000-pound weight that had been dragging him down, it seemed. And, you know, we had gone to practice, and the, the producer Mario Reyes and I, we saw him working and working and working on his finishing before and after. You know, after practice, he was really going at it. More like after all the work they had done as a team, Marco Arrena was just trying to make sure he was ready for that opportunity. And he scored. And that is a big sign because clearly Bob Bradley has a lot of faith in him to do other things well on the pitch for this team. Right? He gets the start. Big game. Taking nothing away from New England. They battled back and got the tying goal. I thought New England played as well as anyone has played, including Sporting Kansas City, at Bank of California Stadium against LAFC. And yet, LAFC should have won that game. Points dropped, and it's becoming tougher and tougher at this time of the year against any MLS team to grab the full three points, which is why, again, a game against San Jose Earthquakes coming up on Saturday is so big. Earthquakes are eliminated, right? They're the worst team in MLS, bar none. They just released their coach. It'll be Steve Ralston's first game as interim manager. They fired their coach since the last time we played them way back, right? They just fired him recently. And San Jose are bleeding goals, can't win at home, can't win on the road, and they're a bad team, frankly. They're having a miserable year. You must win this game. So the three points dropped, so you only get one at home. Otherwise, you'd be breathing down the neck of FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City. Now LAFC is trying to get to that second spot at least. Now, of course, they want to win the West, yes. Everybody's on 28 games to top the West. So you, yeah, you're still well and truly in the race, but boy, these dropped points at home. Remember, that's the sixth draw at home. It, but it felt different, if that makes sense. This is not a game where you had a 3-1 lead and lost it, or you were up 3-0 and lost it. It felt different. It was just a very good football match against New England. A team that deserves a lot of credit again for that. I don't know how the Revolution are not in the playoffs in the East. I have no idea how Brad Friedel is allowing that roster to not make the postseason. And I love Brad. I love what he did against LAFC, pushing forward, literally in your face, high press, 
before LAFC was able to even clear their own penalty area. That's how much the press, and they did it for 90 minutes. Of course, they were down 1-0 in the second half, so a lot of it they had to. His substitutions worked, bringing in Teal Bunbury and Juan Agudelo, of course, when you're down a goal. But it was a brilliant match. Really a lot of fun. I must say, even though it ended up 1-1, and, you know, that's, you know, frustrating, if you will, but it was a brilliant match for both teams, just in the in the way the tactics were just maneuvering around the pitch. The, the, the managers had a lot of influence in this game, the way the teams were kind of flowing, and I really enjoyed it. Again, not the greatest result. A draw is not like something to celebrate at home, but it was a fun entertaining match between two teams who really went at it. It it actually left me wanting more when the game was over. Usually when I call a game, if I'm being honest, the way as dramatic as LAFC has been this season, I'll let you in behind the curtain a little bit. Mario knows this. Usually when the 90 minutes are over, I am done. You're spent because I get pumped. I want to I want to make the appropriate calls for you, the listener. I want to keep you involved and excited and pumped up about it and I want to make sure I give it the appropriate excitement and passion it deserves by the end of the 90 plus minutes i am done i wanted more from that game that's how good it was hit me up on twitter your thoughts at talk soccer about that game specifically if you saw it if you were there if you listened to it it intrigued me tactically as well based on what brad friedel tried to do and how bob bradley tried to counteract it some of it worked some of it did not and that's just that's that'll happen, you know, ebbs and flows. But some of it really worked for LAFC. They had the one 0 lead, and some of it worked very well for New England. Again, I don't know how they're eighth in the in the East. I genuinely cannot understand that based on how uh, Brad Friedel's team played against LAFC. So some good stuff there. That's the black and gold breakdown. It is time now for the LA Care Injury Report. The LA Care Health Report is brought to you by LA Care as the nation's largest community-inspired health plan. LA Care is elevating health care in the city of angels. LA Care, for all of LA, lacare.org. Things are looking good for uh, LAFC for the most part. Aaron Kovar with a little bit of knee problem. Adama Diamande still missing with that adductor strain. It's kind of like he's not... It doesn't appear to be ready to go 90. We'll hope that uh, you know happens sooner rather than later. For San Jose Earthquakes, officially, they're in very good health uh, by and large. They had, of course, the uh, big injury for the defender Kevin Partido, who's going to be out for a while. That happened in July. He's going to obviously miss the rest of the year and then some. So a pretty good clean, clean bill of health, relatively speaking, for both teams heading into that match. That's your L.A. Care health report. It's time now for what I consider to be a great giveaway. This Saturday, you can come out to Bank of California Stadium, right, for the best sports experience in L.A. Cheer on LAFC. They're pushing for their playoff spots, the key spots in the Western Conference. It's a big matchup. September 22nd, this Saturday, against San Jose at 12.30. Now, you want tickets, go to LAFC.com, check them out, go find your tickets. We've got a giveaway. It is time for you to win an LAFC autographed jersey from the team. Right now, be caller number 7 and 10. we got two winners. We're looking for you at 877-710-ESPN. That's 877-710-3776. Two winners right now, caller 7 and caller number 10, right? We got the guy. We're going to be ready to get those. Yeah, no problem. Caller 7 and 10 win an exclusive LAFC autographed jersey. You're going to love it. I promise you that. Again, caller number 7 and 10 at 
710 ESPN. Thank you so much. We continue on stoppage time still to come. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. What a great show so far. We're still rolling on. we still got so much more to get to, including Champions League action. Group play is in effect and going on. In the UEFA Champions League, we had games yesterday and today, the Tuesday-Wednesday schedule, uh, half the games coming up yesterday, some big games, in fact, Barcelona and PSV. You know, I thought PSV had some chances early that if they would have capitalized on it, might have changed everything, frankly, but Barcelona is just Barcelona. They pull it out, Lionel Messi, guess who, hat-trick, <laughs> Usmani Dembele scores a goal. You heard Tom Marshall talk about Barcelona and, of course, Chucky with PSV. Yeah, he wasn't going to be the difference. Umtiti gets the red card, though. That might change things for the next matchup in that group. But Barcelona just, oh, so good. Inter, how about late goals to beat Tottenham? Tottenham looked like they were in control. Inter Milan come back and get the win. And then you had Atletico taking care of business at Monaco, a big road win. Speaking of road wins, how about Christian Pulisic getting the victory with Club Bruges? Galatasaray, too much for locomotive at home. Galatasaray, you know, I don't love Turkish clubs in Europe of late. The last, I don't know, half decade has been rough, to say the least. But that's a nice start for the Turkish side there. Liverpool, speaking of nice starts, Firmino with a goal to beat PSG. Oof. What's going on with Neymar? Are we really sure everybody wants to anoint him as like the third best player in the world all the time? Really? I'm not sure about that. In fact, I'm sure that I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, pretty cool that Weston McKenney, the American, got the start for Schalke in their game against Porto. Now, they only managed a 1-1 draw, but McKenney went the full 90, and Schalke actually had to come back, uh, or I'm sorry, got the first goal, but then they gave up the one, and uh, Porto came back and got the point. So Schalke was in control for a lot of that match, it seemed, but couldn't get it done, and they give up the goal in that 75th minute, the penalty. But Porto had a lot of possession, so it wasn't like, uh, by by in control, you mean like Schalke, they belong. Like Porto, they're a European season team. Schalke's not necessarily lately been so seasoned, you know, certainly in this level. So it was good to see that they, you know, come in, get their feet wet, they get the draw, but uh, would have liked to hang on to that lead. If you're Schalke at home, you're going to need three points in that one, especially with Galatasaray grabbing that win. So that's a, still a wide-open group, don't get me wrong, but that was a good Fun day on Tuesday. Now, Wednesday, yeah, the uh, action continued earlier today. And Real Madrid, uh, no Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, no problem. 3-0 victory, how about, over Roma? Yeah, not too shabby if you're Real Madrid. I got to say, they looked very good. And, and uh, Christian Bale. I almost said Christian Bale. Gareth Bale's finish. Woo! In the 58th minute. What a goal. The setup was pure. Luka Modric's pass. I mean, Modric is just... What a player. I mean, that might be the third best player on the planet. And Isco got things going. They got a late goal to kind of cap it, but that was a convincing victory. Not convincing was Man City and Pep Guardiola at home. Lyon get the win. That is really the story, probably the shock of the first games. Doesn't mean that City's out or anything. Don't go or this game. This group's going to be wide open. But this will certainly make it more wide open. Lyon get a couple of first-half goals, and it holds up, even though Bernardo Silva got one back in the 67th. you, you got to give Lyon credit, man. They just went tooth and nail. I know Man City, they own the ball. So what? 
You can't put it in the back of the net. You can open yourself up to trouble. And that group is wide open now with Hoffenheim and Shakhtar playing to the draw on the same day. So I, I loved what I saw out of Real Madrid. Juventus get a win despite, uh, you know, a little bit of trouble there in that game. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo with a red card of the 29th. That one was a little, eh, you know, you could see it going either way. A couple of penalties, though, from Pjanic. And they managed to hold off Valencia. Valencia missed a penalty late in that one, but that wouldn't have changed anything, maybe other than like possible goal difference coming up later in the group, but not really a big change. And Man United, full credit to Jose Mourinho. I've been very critical of Jose on this show, right? Absolutely. I've been critical of him and Man United. They went out and got the, got their business done against young boys. You got to go to Switzerland on a fake turf and get a win. And they did. Pogba picks up a couple goals. Marshall, who's had some issues, you know, with the, you know, with Josie. We don't know where the relationship is all the time, but they got a nice win there. I got to give them credit. They played well. And uh, kudos also to Ajax. Keep an eye on Ajax. I've been hearing some good things. They beat AEK pretty handily, 3-0 at home. You should win that game at home. But they got off to a good start, and, and they played well. So I'm kind of curious about Ajax. That that roster looks very interesting, very young as usual, but they've got some talent on that team. So I'm going to keep my eyes on them going forward in this competition. It's going to be interesting in that group because Bayern Munich and Benfica you know, those are two teams that are certainly capable and are more than willing, you know, to, to really go after you in Europe. And Bayern Munich certainly the favorite in that group. But Ajax, you got to give them credit. They're not afraid of anyone either. When you're young and talented like that, why not? Go play. I, t- I talk about it all the time. Just go play. If you get beat, you get beat. There's no sin to lose in the Champions League to good teams. Go give yourself a shot, and I love that. And Ajax is not going to be afraid to go do that. So you'll want to keep an eye on them. As well. So good start to the Champions League. Very interesting. Still a long way to go. Still five matches in the group stage. Plenty can happen. Don't panic, Man City fans. Don't panic. You should panic, however, if you're going to miss the greatest segment in the history of radio. You never want to do that. It is stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah. Stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Right now. I never want to miss stoppage time. Why? Because uh, you can find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the 60 freeway in the city of industry. The San Gabriel Valley Chevy store, say habla espanol, Puente Hill Chevy is the sponsor of this great segment, Stoppage Time. He's the producer of this show, Soccer Weekly. He is the host of Stoppage Time. Welcome back, Mario Rees. Mario. What a doozy of a show, huh, Dave? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's you been had a... that in your holster for a while there. <laughs> it's been a jam-packed oh, show, right? Man. That was awful. Uh, all right, let's send some birthday shout-outs here. you're wondering, if you're just joining us. <laughs> Yeah, I stupidly called, I said it was a doozy of a game earlier, and I was like, wait a minute, it's not 1954. What am I doing here? It's and I gave you a yellow card for, for you doing did. that, but you Should've had some tickets. Red. You, you were had nice. Some, <laughs> you had some tickets and a couple giveaways, so we let you stick on for the rest Thank of the you. game. Appreciate that. Appreciate uh, it. birthday shout outs here to U.S. Men's National Team star Christian Pulisic here. Uh, he celebrated his 20th birthday. By scoring on his return from injury to give uh, Borussia Dortmund a late night one nil uh, win at uh, Club Bruges in the Champions League on Tuesday, and Pulisic said it was a bit lucky, but I'll take it on my birthday. Yeah, absolutely, a little birthday gift. It yeah. was a deflected clearance. Like the clearance, actually, uh-huh. the the Bruges defender really didn't see Pulisic closing him down, and he just literally just drilled it off of Pulisic's shin, and it popped up right over the goalkeeper. Right. And, I mean, you can't get any luckier than that. A couple of things on that, Mario. First of all, you have to be willing to close down the defender to get lucky, so you got to give him credit for that. Right. He didn't yep. just dog on, uh, dog it on the play. A lot of times, guys are thinking, "Well, this play's over." 
I'm just going to dog it here. And then they let the they let the defender off the hook. Pulisic was in his face. And so you got to give him credit for that, right? You're gonna, you got to be in the right spot. Secondly, Mario, so often we see these kind of plays, even the lucky stuff, from great players. You notice of that? Of course, yeah. Because There's no such thing as luck. Players. Exactly. That yeah. is exactly right. In poker and in soccer, there is no such thing as luck. You These people are prepared luck. to be there in the right opportunity yes. at the right time. The work has been put in for them to do that and to so-called be lucky, if you it's want to exactly say It's exactly right. And it wa- it's one of the things. I'm glad you brought him, uh, brought him up on uh, stoppage time because I wanted to say this. It's kind of like the people they call like poachers, goal-scoring poachers and all that. Oh, he's just a poacher or whatever. You gotta be there. You gotta put it in the back of the net and you gotta not miss your opportunities when you're a poacher. So don't, it's almost like people say that it is derogatory. How about he's just a great goal scorer? And I'm not talking about Pulisic, but you know the type that I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Where everybody's like, oh, they're just a poacher. They don't have a lot of skill. Really? That is a skill. And oh, yeah. this is, you know, this is like, why is it a coincidence that it's always the great players that these things happen to? Because it's not a coincidence. Kudos to Christian Pulisic for hustling there. Stoppage time continues here. All right, we got Spartak Moscow here who dropped two players from their Europa League squad for liking an Instagram video. Are Yikes. you serious? All right, Captain Denis Glushikov and defender Andrei Yeschenko will not travel for their game on Thursday after they both were accused of liking a video posted by actor Dmitry Nazarov. Have you heard of him? No, I no, haven't. No, I have not. Sorry. <laughs> In which uh, he mocks their coach, Massimo Carrera. Well, I mean... At first glance, you'd think, well, why are they suspended for liking it? Liking oh. a video? Well, but Mario, it mocked their coach. Still, though, come on. No, not Just still. for liking the video? Yes, you can't let that go on. It's a video mocking their coach, allegedly. You can't have a guys liking that and play for him. No. It, they uh, it, Look, at first, when it, if you read the headline or something, you go to ESPNFC to check that out, by the way. You might be like, hmm, that seems odd. But come on, you can't be like liking a video. Mario, would you like a video that's mocking your boss at work? No, of course not. But well, <laughs> I've I've had tweets or 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 stuff on social media where people have said dumb stuff about me and I liked it just to be, you know, well, that's you. just to I get mean, back out. That if the coach liked it, fine. But we don't know that. I suspect he didn't. I could be wrong. But no, I mean you can't let your players do that. They have to be suspended. I think that's a good call. Hey, thanks thanks so much to Mario. Great call as always. I love the stories on Stoppage Time, as I know you do. Check us out on Twitter. You can hit me up at Talk Soccer. And don't forget, LAFC taking on San Jose Earthquakes coming up on Saturday. You'll hear it right here on ESPN LA 710. We'll have the pregame at 12. I'll have the call for you a little after 1230. All of that. We really appreciate you listening each and every week here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget, check out the uh, uh, iTunes or go to the ESPN Pod Center for the podcast if you missed any of the show. Once again, thanks to Mario. I am Dave Dunholm, and you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California. This is ESPN LA 710.